Their goal is to bring you a podcast that sounds more like everyone else than anyone else. We need to accept the fact that we are like every other podcast. We want to be special, but we're not quite there yet. It's the Zenial Odyssey Podcast with Remy and Bobby Rocks. Welcome back, everybody. We are sweating our balls off, our bodies off. It is hot today. It's a warm day. Yeah. It's, what is it, probably? 90? Right now, it's three? 90. Yeah. And that's what? It's still only right around yeah. 130. God, so. You know what? It, it's fucking Hades. That's what it is. It is. Well, at yeah. least Hades, Hades has better atmosphere, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. You know, there's more to do down there. But um, yeah. This is this is just a testimony to the fact that we don't like to slouch. So we're recording literally what? 70 feet from a pool yep it's a tease it's the biggest tease and it's it's where we're recording we're facing it essentially on a patio so this is a love letter to all of you because we literally pulled up we both have things to do today and bob's in kind of a professional mode because he's got some stuff going on he's like let's jump in the pool first and i'm like listen i knew this moment was going to come and I, as much as i want to if we jump in that pool we're not getting out to record yeah I, I, that's fair at least speaking for myself, there was gonna be, I was going to be that kid whose parents can't get him out of the pool when it's like dinner time. You know what I mean? And Bob's walking it's around gonna the It's going to be outside. like, okay, Rem, we're going to go record now before we have to actually be like, adults. No! Nope. You literally can't get me out of this pool. So we love you guys, but we also hate you because <laughs> we resent you for this. We've um, we've missed a few weeks, actually, because life is just, you know, life's tough as an adult. And I know in the world of uh, the podcasting, it doesn't seem like that because of the way the structure of the episodes coming out is. I know it's going to be off a little bit because season two will be out in the fall yeah but we're recording it now and season one is slowly coming out right now but yeah it's it's just where we're at you know for my job i'm on call and it's like the heavens opened up and, and karma just said you know what you guys are going to record fuck you okay yeah. here yeah. here here's everything that's gonna go wrong right now yeah i actually had a mini crisis right like you know i'm pretty prompt right when you pulled up i had some shit going on and too and i'm just like ah but that that's adulting, you know what I mean? That's what it is. But and and the things that people don't know about Bob, like I complain, but I go forty percent what Bob does daily. You know, his output's just beastly. Me and Bob both now we donate our plasma twice a week, and people don't understand like. Bob, we have a second job with that. I've had to come to terms with the fact that it's a second job because you can spend hours there waiting and like. You know what I mean? So so doing that twice a week when you work full time and, you know, have a wife and stuff, man, I give you props. I can barely keep my shit together as a single guy. So, yeah, if you want, I can give a little background on it for anybody who's like, what the hell is donating plasma? What's the difference between that and blood? So essentially, oh, yeah. well, Bob turned me on to it. Yeah, that's the thing. Yep. So essentially people can people can go out. They can find these donation centers. I'm not talking about the Red Cross. The Red Cross, you can do all three. You can donate blood, your platelets, or plasma. That is all what makes up our blood. That's everything inside of our blood. But when you donate at the Red Cross, you're doing it truly, genuinely, out of the kindness of your own heart. You're not getting compensated for it. At the place we're talking about, we get compensated. Mm -hmm. no, no, re no need to drop numbers. 
Yeah, no, we're not going to drop drop numbers, but what what I was essentially getting at is if you were to take a vial of your blood and put it in one of those nice little spinny McGiggies, spinny McGiggies <laughs> it's going to separate into three parts. You're going to have the red at the bottom. Those are your red blood cells. Those are the heaviest. You're going to have this little separator. It's like white. Maybe it's a little yellowish, but it's mostly like white. Those are platelets. Those help us. Uh, like if you have a bad cut, that's what clots your blood. That's what stops bleeding. And then there's plasma, which is supposed to make up the majority of our blood. The building blocks of blood. Yeah. And if you if you are fully hydrated, it looks like the color of honey. Yeah. And what's in that is there are a lot of great um, Newton nutrients. There's a lot of uh, basic amino acids and proteins. And what they do when they collect plasma is that goes for medications for people with all kinds of things. People with breathing issues it goes to medications for them it goes to medica it goes to like cancer medications it goes to skin grafting it goes to so many things yeah you learn once you start yeah. doing it and it's cool because you know it's it's a way to get a little extra income but it's also slightly altruistic yeah i won't i won't lie i won't tell you the financial figures but i will tell you because a lot of them have these apps you can download it's bigger than you think we can yeah. both tell you right yeah. now that when bob told me about it and then i actually saw the numbers for the first month it's kind of impressive. I'll just give people, because they don't know how much I pay in rent. I can basically pay my rent. Yeah, it's impressive. I'm every month doing this. And so to me, for me, it's supplemental income. But back to the point is that I was making about the people. A lot of them have apps that you can go on and they tell you all different things. They tell you when you can donate it, how much you've made, uh, just all these things. It kind of can show you statistics and trends for yourself. But the other thing that they, a lot of them do is they actually tell you how many people have been helped by your plasma. Which is really cool. So I've been doing this for about three years now, and I believe it's somewhere, it's a little over 200 people that have benefited from my plan. That I, that makes me feel really good. My yeah, my goal, at least a thousand people. <laughs> at least, nice. at least a thousand people. Nice. Uh, yeah, it's, it's weird because, um, you know, when you start, when you start doing it, there's a screening and it takes a little while. And there's something interesting I want to talk to actually, Bob, you just kind of made me realize this. Okay. So probably 60% of you can do it. And 40% of you just off the bat can't do it. And I'll tell you why. Then there are some really interesting little notes in this. But have you, and th this would turn away most people, I think, in, in our age demographic and younger. But have you gotten a tattoo in six months? Have you got a tattoo touched up in six months? You can't. Basically, in any way that you could have interacted with needles, even if you're, obviously you're fine, but... But one I found really, really interesting and kind of alarming. You, you'll go through the, the the check of everything, and they'll you know make sure you're this and that and this and that. If you if you're a gay male, you can never in your life donate plasma. And when I saw that, yeah, they said one of the questions, and it's weird because I feel bad for maybe some some you know homosexuals who've gone through the process and then got to this question because it's like halfway through the process and there's no hint it's coming. And the question is blatantly, have you ever slept with another man? Your voice sounded fantastic there. Just so Yeah, you know. the way that just picked. Yeah. Bob's going to produce my next record, which is yep. technically going to be my first, but not technically my 12th. But I was going to jump off of you. I mean, yeah, please do. This is like, if you've spent time in another country, specifically like the U, like yeah, keep England, going on that. Yep. Ireland, if you spent more than 72 hours of your life and locked up in an incarcerated, you can't do it. Yeah. There's all these things that will defer you, but they don't call it can't. They, they, they say things like deferral. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And which is a kind way of saying go away. Oh yeah. Um, back to a George Carlin joke about semantics, but the whole like, no, I, I just, I found that surprising in 2022 to see, Bob, why do you think that is about the homosexual thing? Because 
disease. But I feel like that's absolutely, kind of, yeah. and yeah, it, is it stereotypical? Yep. Okay, that's what I was yep. going to say. It's just it felt old yep. when I read that. Because, I, and and I want to be fair to people too. It, they ask you questions if you've ever had sex with a prostitute, mm-hmm. if you've ever paid, paid. Or if, if you've ever sold your body. That one cracks for sexual, me up. For sexual favors. Have you ever yep. have you ever let anyone um, or like yeah perform sexual favors for an exchange of cash? When I read that one, I, I laughed. Not not because it's funny because it was so left field. You know what I mean? Like, no, I haven't prostituted myself. I got no shame. By the way, no shame to sex workers. But there's a lot now, and you guys can't donate either. There's a huge window of people who can't do it, and that surprised me. No, you're right. And they do test for STIs. I mean, that they, they make that very clear. Just so everyone knows, you, if you donate twice a week, that this is why they want you to donate twice a week. They want you to donate twice a week because the first time you donate, that is just a test batch. That's your screening. They're literally testing it for drugs, for diseases, for anything. And if, by law, if they find anything, they have to let you know, especially if it's a disease. Like, they especially let you know about that. And the second batch is the one that actually goes through and that's what gets used for any kind of treatments. treatment yep. i found out something really interesting too some people and i get this now because it was free and it's medical care some people are using the donation to find out if they have hiv some people are using the donations to find basically because an actual blood screening through hospitals and through their insurance is tons of money because one of the things on the forms the first day was do not use us to test you for drugs or, or any of that stuff. I have to tell you a hilarious story, Bob, that I don't, I didn't tell you about getting in trouble yet. Like the details when I got in trouble there was, was this for the door incident? Yeah. Did I tell you? I mean, I was there, but <laughs> no, but I mean, I, I had a follow up, bro. So the, the other, <laughs> the other thing about giving it is you'll get more the second time. This is like Bob said, the first one's a screening. The second one, you have to do two a week to get the full, like, there's a lot to it, but, um, I had gone in with Bob and Bob had to pick me up and um, I had a like bruise on my arm from the last one because the last one I did, the nurse missed the, the vein and kind of caused a little clotting in my arm. So when I went in for the follow-up, they were like, oh, you know, sorry, you can't do it. You have a bruise. And I'm like, fuck. I wasn't rude. Didn't say anything rude to anyone. Sat with Bob for a second. I was like, and I, when I felt myself getting a little angry, I was like, I'm going to go outside. I'm going to remove myself and sunbathe on your car. But I did that thing, Herculean Portuguese rage where I opened the door thinking it was one of those doors that had some kind of resistance and it wasn't. So it smashed into the other door as I was leaving. I think I heard a lady be like, what the fuck? Like I I heard that I alarmed somebody and I felt so stupid because genuinely I did not mean to do that. And I thought that maybe people had seen that I'd held the door right afterward for a lady coming in because I wasn't doing like some weird angry shooter type vibe. I was just frustrated that I just lost a little bit of cash because of my bruise, you know? And so I went outside. No one said anything, though. I stayed outside for a bit, and then Bob was stressed, too, and came back out. So the next day, next next time I went in, okay, here it goes. I walk in, kind of see me. I nod. I go to the self-serving kiosk. We'll tell you more about that in a second. I go to the kiosk, and I, I put my thumbprint on. They're like, you're not in the system. Because I just, I had a bad, I even told Bob when he came out that day, I'm like, I did not mean to slam that door. I felt so dumb. Yeah, I believe they said that uh, there was a hole in the in the wall. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. so here's the thing. So I didn't even know that. Oh, I feel like such a 12-year-old idiot. So and, if, and if you're wondering, I did see a hole in the wall. Oh, fuck, man. Well, listen to this Uno reverse card, though, right? So my fucking print doesn't come up. I walk up to the front, and I'm like, oh, my, uh, it's not registering me. And they're like, oh, can you go down to the first room on the left? And that's like the private office. And 
I go in there and two women come in there that I've never seen. And I have a good rapport with the rest of the women there and I've never seen these ladies. And they sit down, right? And I'm sitting there and I'm like, now I forgot about the door thing because I really didn't mean to do it. I just thought, no joke to you, Bob, that they were about to tell me I had AIDS or something wicked messed up because my brain didn't think about the door thing. And then they called me in and they were on the computer like this for 10 minutes in the room silent. There was two of them like silently communicating to each other. And I'm like, they don't know how to tell me. So basically what you're saying is you were, you were, you were, you were, you were ecstatic when you found out that you were getting like scolded. Did you see my reaction? It was like, so I'm sitting there and I'm like, and I'm sweating. And this is why I failed my heart rate thing right afterward. And so I'm sitting there and they're like, we heard you cause, they looked at me and they're like, we heard you cause quite a spectacle last time you were here. And I was like, oh, phew, like literally my shoulders dropped. And I said, no, no, listen, the door thing was a mistake. I like literally felt like the biggest jerk in the world. You, you can ask anybody here. I didn't say anything to anybody or look at anybody rude or say, what are you looking at? I didn't make a scene. I just, unfortunately, I used angry arms and the door was a little light and I apologize. And they were like, okay, you seem cool. I'm like, you can ask any of the ladies on the blood floor. Like, I'm very respectful. I, I apologize. It, it was dumb. So they're like, oh, so I thought I was going to, you know, I really was like, I sat down. I'm like, oh my God, it's been a couple of weeks. They found the cancer. Like my brain just, Yeah. And so, yes, when I got in trouble with Bob, Bob knows me. I was like, oh, good God, I'm only getting banned for life. And then I just had to explain to them, you know, it, and I, and of course, you know, you, you use the, the five cent words. I was like, frankly, ladies, it was uncouth and I'm not proud of it. But, but it's true, though. It was. I had a shitty moment. And then I caused Bob to lose his money that day because Bob was with me and Bob had just come from work and his stress was high enough. I caused the gosh darn scene. And then Bob failed the stress test and had to go home. Bro, I feel, oh, I'm only laughing because I've had such a shitty three months and I apologize. And then me and Bob, like Bob saw the worst of me after that. I think Bob seen me at work at the worst of me, but I was just, it was a rough afternoon. But to his credit, I just monologued and I apologize. He was, uh, he was like, Bob was like, chill the fuck out. You know, like he had a bad day. I was like apologizing later in text. And he's like, bro. Multiple, multiple apologies. And he's just like, yeah, and be, I'm just like, bro, be better tomorrow. You're I'm good. Like, Chill the fuck out. Yeah. yeah. You had a bad moment. You didn't even necessarily have a bad day. You had a bad moment. Yeah. And it's over. We move yep. on. That's what homeboys do. That's yep. family shit. And I was like, thanks, Bob. And then, you know, I, I since went back and my, because <laughs> I thought I wasn't going to pass my, again, my heartbeat was too high, but I think I'm past that initial panic period and I'm just going to go in next week, chill and keep my fingers crossed.
There's a lot to it, Bob. And, and feel free now, man. I, I just ran on that for 10 minutes. So what's your experience been with, with the place? Like personally, how'd you find it? And um, you've gone to a couple different ones. Has there been a difference between them? Yes, there have. So I found out about this place from my brother, actually. Because- Should we shout out Griffles? Yeah, we can shout out Griffles. Griffles owns, because uh, the one we go to is called a Biomat, but Griffles has like several different names there. A Biomat, there it is. Yeah. yeah, the one we go to one in Fall River, man, and then the people yep. are great there. So quick shout out, quick props to them for taking our plaz. All right, Bobby. Yep, and then uh, the other big one around us is CSL Plasma. They have three locations in Rhode Island. They don't have any in Massachusetts. I think their parent company has a, a center in Brockton. Mm. I think it's Octafarm. The big three plasma donation centers in our country are... In no particular order, CSL Plasma, Griffles, and Octafarm. Okay. Those are the big ones. There's one in, Bro- I don't know about any other ones besides Brockton, Fall River. There's a Griffles in Cranston. Oh, okay. And so then there's three in Rhode Island. There's one in East Providence. There's one in uh, Warwick. And there's one in Johnston. And Bob was initially yep. going to a different one. I went to the um, Biomat Griffles because it was near my house. Yep. But also, Bob had just switched over, so. And I switched over for two reasons. Number one, they're paying more money. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest. Number two, it's literally, for me to go from my home to the one in East Providence was like 35, 40 minutes. Gas nowadays, it's almost not worth it. So I'm making more money and I'm driving a lot less. It takes 10 minutes from my house tops. Yeah. Tops. And if I'm coming from work, because I work along Route I-195, which connects you from basically Providence all the way to 495 down near the Cape. In Massachusetts. So what I was like, I was like, okay, this is, this makes all the sense in the world. So that's why I switched there. But my experiences with plasma for someone who's done it for about three years, I've used that money for a lot of, I've used that money to go on vacation. Yeah. You told me Uh, during, yeah. So during the early days of COVID, I was actually laid off from my job and I, I looked forward to my two donation days a week because it gave me an excuse to get out of the house. And they actually gave me a letter because I was going across state lines when everything was shut down. So they gave me a letter if I was pulled over by police ah. that's saying I was providing an essential, an essential duty. Nice. Which I was like, damn. So the other thing that I think everybody should know is that this money that you get is not taxable. That is the big selling point. To the point where, yes, there are people who I've had conversations. When you go enough and it's busy... Depending on the place. So the place we go to, they call you by name once you get scanned in. But at the other place I, I've gone, it's literally as soon as you're in the door, it's like first come, first serve. But then there's a wait to get onto the donation floor. And usually you carry conversations. And I've, I've been a part of conversations with guys who literally say they do it to make up for their child support. And yeah. it's money that their, their ex-wives or spouses can't or whatever. Touch. Yeah, they can't touch because they don't know about it. They don't know about it unless you tell them about it. And basically what they do is they put this money on debit cards. They give you a debit card. As soon as you're done. And the card, not to, sorry to cut you off. And the cards like say on it, goddamn life-saving motherfucker. Like they don't say that, but all over the cards, they're like life donor, life saver. Well, in all honesty, I like the Griffles card better because it's more discreet. Like my card for CSL Plasma is like CSL Plasma, donating. Pl-. It's like, it just screams. And there is, I feel like there is a stigma for people who oh, yeah. donate plasma. So the Griffles card looks more like a an ATM, Proper a debit, credit. or a credit card. I still get looks. I've used it twice and like because it does say on the back life-saving donor and I've gotten looks that are that are essentially like I don't I've never seen this card in my life and I'm surprised it worked. That's what I get. The look I've got cuz I have used it uh the look I've gotten is is literally like why doesn't this have a chip? 
Yeah, oh it's like God. it's like okay, insert it or tap it. I'm like, no, this is a swipe. It's old school, but they fill it. And what's crazy is like, as soon as you give you a donation, it refills. I just love the fact that we're at a point in our world where, like, I say I have to swipe a card. That's like, oh, uh, uh, okay. We're, I guess we still do that, but okay, we're like, spoiled. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you swipe it. I mean, it works everywhere. It it works like a debit card, as long as you have the money on it and. I basically, what I do is if I don't have any like pressing need for money, yeah, literally I just let it grow and I grow and grow and grow and grow. And then if I need it for something, it's there as a supplement to my savings. If I don't need it, it's just going to continue to grow. Or if there's something big I want to purchase like a trip or like, for example, a new laptop for the podcast that Mm -hmm. has more storage space because mine laptop has run out. So I figured I would upgrade and just get like more RAM, more storage, all that. So for example, that's what I'm going to save up my... Nice. my plasma money for and that way i'm just gonna go on like amazon and get the laptop and put in my info for that card and it's like all right yeah it's, done it's cool and it's uh, um one of my favorite aspects of it to be honest with you as strange as it's gonna sound is the actual process because it's a socialization process you're lying in a room with a bunch of other people lying down and there's a bunch of nurses that are really generally very funny and charismatic phlebotomist that's what i said and um <laughs> They're just, the energy is, is kind of, as weird as it sounds, you're hooked up to a machine that's pumping out your blood and you're watching it just pump out your blood and replace it with the, the proper nutrients. And uh, there's an air of casualness in that room. Everyone kind of jokes and everyone's kind of disarmed, I think, because of the scenario. And every time I've gone and done it successfully, it's been a fun time. There's been a couple of conversations that start in the room that you overhear or can join in and... As odd as it sounds, you would figure a room full of people getting their blood taken, they'd be pissed off. But for some reason, I think everybody knows when that process is done, they're getting a really nice chunk of money for how little time they spent. I think it's got a lot to do with it. And the nurses are just quirky and funny, particularly where we go in Fall Reeve. But yeah, you know, there's a lot of people struggling right now. And if you want a way to supplement, that's not going to be a second job. You know what I mean? And that means that's not going to be 25 hours a week. You're talking about two hours a week where you can potentially make what you would have made in 20 hours a week. That might be an exaggeration, but money really is decent. You know, there are people who like wish they could do it three or four times a week, but you can only do it twice. And you can thank the FDA for that because the FDA is the one that sets the the limits on how many times you can donate in a seven day period. It's two, not a week. It's a seven day. They look at it as yeah, a seven yeah. day period. So for example, when I got deferred on a Tuesday and my days were usually Tuesdays and Saturdays, and I went the next day on a Wednesday and I was fine. I was good to go. Now my days are Wednesday and Saturday because in a seven-day period, it, it, that's just how it's going to be. It's cyclical. And I'm fine with that because they say you can, in that seven-day period, you can go, like you could go on a Tuesday and then you can go on a Thursday. But I like to get that extra day just to, not just to give my body some time to recharge, but also to, you know, in case I have any any wounds or anything, like it can heal up a little bit. Uh, I, I don't usually because I've gone so much that I have scar tissue. Because yeah. I use the same arm over and over again. Uh, but the plus side is I don't really feel even the needle when it goes in anymore because it's just it's, it's just so dead. second nature, yeah. But I want to speak to something you also said, Rem. Um, so when I did this for the two and a half years at CSL Plasma, mm-hmm. I literally just went in there with my Bluetooth headphones and my phone and I would just watch Netflix on my phone. I would be in my own world. And that was me. I just did that more because I would be relaxing. And like, can you just imagine that? You can do that, people. You, you can do that and, yeah. and you can make money off of it. At this new place, because of the of the the, peop- the wonderful people that work there, I go in between doing that. Like, I'll, I'll be honest, like I always pick a show 
that I just watch on Netflix when I'm donating. I don't even watch it any other time. Yeah. It is my donation show. What's your donation show? Uh, right now it's Outlander. Nice. So I was watching that and one of the one of the phlebotomists was walking behind me and I saw their reflection in my phone screen. Yeah. And they were like, what season are you on? Yeah. And I was like, season two? And they're, oh my goodness. And so they're, we have a little discord back and forth and it was, it was fine. It was, it was nice. And then their boyfriend, I guess, works there and he was bringing in somebody else and he, he had already found out that I watch Outlander and he basically points at his girlfriend and says, oh, this is my version of the main. And I'm like, cool. <laughs> and, nice. And I go back into my world. That's, that's but yeah, just, there's a lot of that. It's, yeah. it, it's, it's just an interesting thing. Bob had told me about it and I was like, ah, oh, it sounds weird as it's, I'm sure it sounds to a lot of you guys. And again, it, I was shocked that I passed all the parameters, to be honest with you, because I'm a weird mofo who does some weird shit. But um, yeah, I did. And it's fun and it's interesting and it's unique and it's air conditioned. And if you, they can throw you a Gatorade if you want, <laughs> some peanut butter crackers in case you need a little food in you. But, you know, I didn't think it was going to be as it feels while I'm doing it and while it's happening, it feels documentary worthy. Because anytime I'm back in that room, there are a ton of people in the room that are funnier than me. You know oh, yeah, I mean? like the story I told you on the, the day, I think on the Wednesday I went. Yeah. So one of the phlebotomists was uh, basically expressing how, that first off, they keep the room very, very cold. It is. That's what I'm they saying. They keep it cold. It's doesn't nice. matter winter, summer, I've done it enough. They keep it very, very cold. Even though it's 94 degrees out today, you would benefit from bringing a blanket if you've never done anything like this before. Hoodie. <clears throat> well, you have to keep an arm free. So if you're going to bring a hoodie, yeah. so for example, I bring zip-up hoodies and I just wear it reversed with the arm I'm going to use oh. exposed. Yeah. So this lady, this, this phlebotomist was, I'll just say exactly what she said. She said, it is so hot out here. I have sweat and crevices. Gets crazy back there sometimes. And I had my headphones on, but I have, I had one ear out and they asked me to do stuff like that in case they had to get my attention for something. So I literally just paused my movie, took both headphones off and I just looked at the lady and I was like, well, that's out there now. Yeah, you can't pull that one back. Yeah, in. yeah, and it's not the only time she said it. Another time too. So she, she she gave no fucks. Like it was like, yeah. There's there's a funny. There's like a, a weird, funny sort of like. No, nah, I'm not gonna throw anyone under the bus. It's just the humor in the place is old school, but it's it's fun as hell back there, and everyone's cool and respectful. And we're not gonna because at this point it sounds like we're just asking people to donate. No, we're just telling you about something we do. So, However, we do get a referral bonus. It's called the buddy bonus. Right. If you guys yeah, go in so and if you go them. in and you sell them that Bobby Rocks or Remy sent you, they kick us a bonus. And did then you every- get your bonus from me? I did. Thank you. Nice. Thank you. Anyway, we should stop this dialogue just because it sounds like a commercial for donating. But, but it's fun. No, there's more I can talk about. You asked me for differences between the two oh, places. Yeah, please go, All man. Right. I'm sorry. Let's be honest. Stereotypically, plasma donation centers get put in cities. Yeah. Lower socioeconomic income status areas. They do. And so what comes along with places like that? Oh, just terrible people. Terrible, yeah. The, no, well, let us let us frame that properly. Pe- people people struggling more than us. Yeah, and, and there that? can be a real... Like, I've already experienced two male Karens at these places. Yes. Almost like ripping shit off the walls. Yeah. yeah. So you asked me, like, what's better? I would say, this is just my personal opinion... Fall River is better and is a better area than East Providence. Yeah. It's it's close, but it's not like... There are more people that travel to the one in East Providence on a bus. Okay. So they have to, they have to coordinate around bus schedules. Yeah. The benefit of that for me is I also learn the bus schedule, so yeah. I tend to go when I know that the buses aren't going to really be running. Yeah. That said, 
I've seen people get upset at both. The one, I've seen one person, two people, well, counting Graham, two people get upset. <laughs> I was not. Sorry. Okay, sure. Sorry. Right. Yeah. No, that was fair. So the ones I've seen at East Providence, though, I mean, they take the cake. Like scary. One of them was scary. The rest of them are more just like, shut the fuck up. There was a scary yeah. one this week at the place. So tell you, tell your story. Okay, so this is um, East Providence story. Because most of my stories would come from And that. give people who don't live out here a quick uh, overview of East Provi just to... East Providence is a... Separate from Providence, it's its own like municipality. It's got 1996 hood energy. Oh, it does. That's when, no disrespect. We've and it's up. right next to Pawtucket. Yeah, and as and as and as much as I've just said, so if I had to rank them as far as where I would live, <laughs> jokes on you guys. I live in Fall River. Yeah, Fall <laughs> River, <laughs> East Providence, and then Pawtucket, which it's right next to. Yeah, yeah, Pawtucket's scary. Yeah, Pawtucket's a scary place. Yeah. So anyway, I, I want to backtrack a little bit because a lot of these freakout stories come from. The preparation you have to do. There is preparation you have to do if you're going to donate the day before and the day of. That preparation is to try not to eat fast food and drink at least six to eight glasses of water. We live in a world of plastic bottles. Basically, what that means is drink three to four a day. And that's the day before. Or fill a canteen one and a half times. Try to stay away from junk food and fast food. Just eat normally and you'll be fine. The day of, you have to eat within four hours of when you donate. And they'd like you to have four glasses. So two bottles. Yeah. So on the weekdays when I'm working and I go after work, that's that's easy. On, on the weekends when I don't work, like I'm literally chugging two bottles and I'm just like, let's do this. So anyway, a lot of people get either deferred when you're going through the screening. So when you go through the screening, they're finger pricking you and they're testing your blood. There's and, a lot to it. Yeah. But some people get kicked off the machine. And so basically what they do is they just hit a reset button on the machine and it returns your red blood cells to you and you, you're good to go. So when I've loved it when people get that. Because people, because they get kicked off the machine because they literally just eat like shit. And it, when you eat fat food like that, or you don't drink enough, it bogs down the machine and the machine gives off error messages and then it stops. It's a safe gap. It's honestly, it's a safety thing. It's yeah. for our safety. And they can look at it and tell you like, oh, you haven't had enough water or they, yep. they're pretty smart. With oh, that. you ate a lot of fat food yesterday. Yeah. I, I said fat. Yeah. But that's yeah. not inaccurate. So anyway, it, the stories I see, I've seen people you know, they get halfway done and then they have to, the techs have to return it mm -hmm. because the machine's just saying, nope, not today. And then the people get up and they get in shouting matches with the techs, like it's their fault. Yeah. And I sit there and I'm just like, seriously, just eat better. Yeah. Or just, you know, it's preparation. But just, my favorite is, yeah. this was my favorite moment. It was a fucked up moment. So what I tend to do when I donate is I tend to go to the bathroom after I donate no, no, after I don't. After I get my finger stuck and they say, okay, you're good to go. Yeah. I go to the bathroom because I'm going to be hooked up to a machine for like an hour, hour and a half. And if I have to go to the bathroom, that's going to be... Get it done. Yeah. So I'm in the bathroom. I, I finish up going to the bathroom. I'm washing my hands. Somebody comes in who had just donated. And when they do that, they, they, put, a, they put a cotton swab on your arm and then they wrap it in medical tape. And you got to keep it on for two hours. Yep. Yep. So this guy is taking a piss. And I just hear him like, oh, fuck. All the, the, and then he walks out behind me. And I notice he didn't wash his hands. I was like, well, that's fucked Ugh. up. So when I get out, there's, a, there's an area you go to where you wait for them to call you in. And I'm waiting there. And he's on the floor where the donating happens. And they're redoing his arm because uh, it just started to bleed. Like the dressing wasn't good enough. And he is like nose to nose with a tech while one's wrapping his arm. He's bleeding all over the floor. And they're just like going at it. Wow. They're just going back and forth. And yeah. then he left a trail of blood all the way from the bathroom and he even bled in the urinal. Ugh. Yeah. So I'm like, and since I was in there and I saw a male tech, I'm like, hey, yeah, he bled all the way. Follow the trail. Yeah. You got to close this place yeah, down. Follow, follow the trail because he left blood everywhere. And again, he's like, he's one of those people that they even say is, is a difficult person. Yeah. 
And he's like this all the time. So he was like the yoking his arm to try to, whatever, for whatever reason, he had to go. Okay, well, there's a fucking needle in my arm. I'm going to be patient. Well, That's just yeah, me. Though. Yeah. That's just me, though. Oh, of I mean, course. I've seen the Karens. My favorite Karen was when I was a brand new donor. I went on a Chris the day after Christmas to get in there because it was that so busy, and it was insane. it was right before COVID, so it was regular times. Yeah, two and a half hours just to, and I was waiting in a line for that whole time. I believe that. And this guy, he was also a new donor. So the other rule is, is once you get screened in, you can't walk outside if you smoke or whatever. You can't go outside. You have to stay in there, or you have to start the process all over again. And this lady saw a man do that in this line and like was just, you know, everybody, everybody, he's in this, he's got to do it. And and me and a bunch of other people just started being like, you made the point, shut the fuck up. You haven't sped up anything. You're still going to be waiting as long as all of us. So just shut the fuck up. And it's sad that it, it's unfortunate that that's what it takes to just get people to shut the fuck, get Karens to shut the fuck up. There was a male Karen this week in the Fall River one. It was actually kind of shocking. Discuss. Thank you. Because the the world is, is different now. And a violent, angry person could mean a fucking public shooting. You don't know. But I was in there waiting. I was deferred because my pulse was high because I was worried that my pulse was going to be high. It was a, it was a self-fulfilling prophecy. Because you were worried about cancer or AIDS. <laughs> exactly. And so this guy comes in. Big guy. Like, when, when I say big, I mean, like, let's be honest. Fuck it. Like, a Goomba. Like, a 1999 Goodfellas guy. Did he have a neck tattoo that said tiny? Well, I never saw the front. I, I couldn't see him from the front. I only heard him come to the counter, and I was sitting there trying. And this guy fucked up my breath again, and I got deferred for the day. Because I wanted to fight this fucking guy because I'm stupid. But um, he comes up, new donor. And like right then, I'm like, oh, he thinks he's the player one in this. This guy thinks he, he this guy doesn't know he's an NPC. Comes in, he's like, so, so he thinks he's going to say that, right? And in his head... Oh, this is a great story. In his head, he thinks a Willy Wonka thing's gonna fucking happen. He thinks as soon as he said new donor, they're gonna lay out like a red carpet for him. Do you know why why he probably thought that? Um, no. Because at CSL Plasma, when you are a new donor, you get to skip all the scanning lines. So they what they do is okay. that's that's their process. That's not BioLife's. Some so for everyone listening out there, some plasma donation places, when you're a brand new donor, your check-in process is even longer. It was brutal for me. And so because of that. You get to skip to the front of the lines when they're going to fingers prick you and all that stuff. And then you get to skip to the front of the line for the donation floor. Yeah, which everyone gets pissed off about. And they give you a something, a little placard, placard to hold that says new donor. So everybody knows okay. you're a new donor. So it was, I'll also bring in why that's interesting. That's an interesting point to make. So I right away, I'm like, oh, fuck this guy. And it's like, listen, you know. Fucking, uh, here's all the shit you guys need, like, right away. And you could tell, obviously, if I got in trouble for opening a door too hard, then their energy for bad people is pretty in tune. They don't want that shit. So I see more and more of the phlebotomists and shit coming up to the counter and, like, kind of talking to him. And he's like, like, all right, well, um, now we need to, you know, this is the step that gets him, Bobby. I've seen this step get four people. All right, we need a bill with your address on it. That's the one, because unfortunately... There are tons of people doing it like shadily and claiming multiple addresses and just, you, it's a part of it. Sorry, but it's a part of the process. Have your name on a fucking bill. Just have it on a fucking bill. Everyone has at least one bill unless you're a goddamn dead lucky ass. So I've seen people get to that stuff and be like, well, I'm just between houses. It's like, well, we can't do anything for you. So they're like, all right, um, we need one of the bills. He's like, well, that's the thing, you know? He's like, I own three freaking houses and I live between all of them equally. And you could just hear like the cringe happening. Like, bro, what are you trying to pull off here? What's your level of audacity? Can you hear the cringe or the people trying not to laugh? No, because he was scary. So no one was laughing because he had an energy that was, this guy definitely has a shotgun in his car. Definitely. So we're all kind of like, oh, 
And he's like, listen, the three addresses, blah, blah. And they're like, oh, we can't do anything. He's like, no. And this is right when the tone changes. Nowhere on the form does it say someone with multiple addresses can't donate. Like, oh, yeah, you can donate all you want. We need to see a name on one of the. You could even pick which one. We don't give a f They were essentially like, pick a house right now and just go get a bill from it. We don't care. Just get a bill. And you know this guy's doing some weird shit because his argument was that because he had three houses, he didn't need one. So he's getting more and more elevated. And like, I'm sitting there trying to lower my pulse and I feel it going higher because I have this weird thing about shitheads, especially yelling at like people who are working and women and shit like that. I, I can sometimes stupidly get involved, but I knew I could in this situation. So they're like, listen, and he's like, you know what? I chose to come here. What? You guys know I can go to the other one, right? They give more money and you could hear everyone in the joint. That's when people in the room laughed because no, they don't. Now you're just pulling shit out of your ass. You want this place to treat you like you're Donald fucking Trump in a town that doesn't hate him. You know what I mean? And it was just really fucking interesting. So he's getting more worked up. They're getting more worked up. And then the old side room I got pulled into. This lady comes out. And she's like, you know what, sir? Why don't you come in here and we can talk? And I'm like, no, nah, they're going to go in there. There's going to be like two big male nurses in there. And they're going to say, no, nah, we don't fucking want Because once he's like, I can go to the other place. Everyone was like, please do. Please. But I'm already fucking him. Are you guys going to make it so fucking different? He's, he's, pardon my French every time he swears. So he, get, he gets brought in the back room and I'm like, I'm trying to listen to see like how elevated it gets. And like it doesn't. But some exchange went on there because he came out humbled, didn't say shit and just left. And I remember I looked at the person next to me. I said, the problem with it, like living in the city is he could be leaving to leave or he could be leaving to get a fucking Uzi. We don't know, you know. But so it... it it attracts a certain type of people too. And I think some of the people feel like they're going to be treated like lifesavers and you are, but you have to earn the respect. Like not, now they're wicked nice to me. They're wicked nice to Bob. We earned it. At first, they're kind of like, who are you and why are you here? You know what I mean? Because they're protective of it too. So, but anyway, you see, I will say that you see some colorful folks. So you get some entertainment. No, you really do. Yeah. Everyone handles it really well. And, and. But all I'm saying is, yeah, if you guys want a little extra, you know, donate some shit, help some people out, and obviously going to have some interesting stories to tell at dinner parties and bar nights. Overall, if you had to, if I had to give a rating to it, I'd give it an A. Generally, you go in when you want. After the first five-hour day, which sucks, I'll say it sucks. Um, you go in when you want, and it's pretty rushed. It's pretty easy to get in and out. If you're going to spend two, three hours doing something a week, shit, man, there's a lot worse ways to spend that time. Yes, yesterday, from check-in tool when i walked out the door was 90 minutes yeah it's, it's pretty it. common when you walk yeah. in because they have a self-serve kiosk put your thumb in it and they're like all right they prick your thumb and then you go back but anyway thanks bob for telling me about it and you know what if we do like give people incentive to check it out fuck it man if five people listen to this do it we've saved some lives we have we've saved some lives and earned themselves some extra money <laughs> yeah and you guys have got some weed money honestly <laughs> That's and if the, you live in Fall River, there's plenty of dispensaries. <laughs> it was funny, too. There was a girl. like I, the, the second to last time I went, the room was all girls getting blood taken. There were some, there were some pretty pretty ladies. But um, I was like joking, like, does anybody want to go to the bar after this? Because you get a quick buzz. All right. So I think I think that does it for this episode today. Uh, so, yeah, again, everybody, depending on where you live, I'm assuming most people live around us in the greater Massachusetts and Rhode Island area. You want to go to Griffles. There's one in Fall River. There's one in Cranston. 
There is CSL Plasma, there is one in Johnston, East Providence, and Warwick, and there is an Okta Farm in Brockton, Mass. The rules are that you have to live within 25 miles of a location, so just keep that stuff in mind. That's the other reason they asked for your address, by the way, because they want to confirm that you are, because they literally pull out a book with all zip codes and addresses that are approved. And for the three of you that may be wondering this, you're not, listen, you're not going to get turned away for all the weed you smoke, because they're taking my blood. <laughs> like, they're looking for scary addictive weird shit and it would be shit that would mean you weren't probably leaving your bed to donate anyway they, they screened my blood and i was fine basically don't do heroin don't do h don't smoke crystal meth don't do m don't do cocaine or smoke crack don't do cocaine or smoke crack and yes. that's it yep that's basically what they're screening for so smoke we eat mushrooms like i do and you'll be just fine Matter of fact, I feel like my plasma has a little extra kick. People pay an extra $5 for it. <laughs> and on that note, we're going to end this episode for today. Thank you guys for tuning in. And uh, if you got any more information, hit us up on the socials if you want uh, to know any details. And we can give you website information, address information, all that good stuff. Our names so you can say we recommended you. That too. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. This is Lenial. Bob, you did awesome. We love you, buddy. Thank you. You did awesome as well. Thank you, sir. Yeah, we're going to go jump in the pool now because it's hot as fuck in this Jesus. room. Jesus. Take care, everybody. Uh, every now and then we do do topics off of real-time events, and this one is no different. Bob had brought it up in the car, and we had apparently watched it at the same time, and he's just like, we need to talk about this piece of shit. I mean, just the, just the concept of revenge porn, the, the terminology in itself lets you know what mm -hmm. you're dealing with. The site was only up for like 18 months to two years. You know what I'm thinking now that we talked? It must have been West Coast-centric. And the FBI got involved with, with Hunter Moore, and the process takes a long time. But in the meantime, Hunter Moore started harassing back. You see the camera guys walk up to girls, and I guarantee you if there was real footage, you'd see girls who are like, no, nah, no. Nah. He would be his own attorney so he could cross-examine them and try to intimidate them and all that. Break them down. We're no longer doing that boomer thing where it's like, oh, what were you wearing? Uh, I was going to leak some revenge porn, but I forget she puts hers out officially. <laughs> Find the XOP on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, our Facebook page, or YouTube.